from the Willamette Valley in America's great Pacific Northwest. You are listening to the Ernest Mann Show, and I'm your host, Ernest Mann. No matter where you may be listening in this great, big, beautiful world, we all share. Thank you so very much for tuning in or for tuning in again. It's very much appreciated. This is episode number 137. Philosophical Musings. Has the world gone crazy? Well, maybe it has. Without going into details of names and places, um, you listen to the news. And, you know, it's um, some guy ran a truck into a uh, business, killed someone, injured a whole bunch of people. And uh, then you have some uh, a mom that uh, kills her 20-month-old toddler. And that doesn't even include all the rest of the crazy. So, you know, we don't have any problem. We are not lacking stories of crazy, crazy every day. And that compounds another issue. But we're going to be talking about crazy in the world. And possibly the idea is that by discussing this, if we identify it, then maybe we can do something to change it. Because it's really crazy out there. Now, I am of the belief that all of this craziness is stemming from multiple factors. So it's a systemic problem. A lot of it has to do with the food that we eat. Yes, primarily excessive sugar. And then there's the drugs, which of course includes alcohol, but the other drugs as well. And they are meant to be ultimately um, relief valves to help us cope with the crazy. But um, there's, I would give different weights as far as causality is concerned about, well, what's making everyone so crazy. And I want to talk about something that I don't think many people have, whether they be the so-called professionals or not. Because there are a few things that I've noticed not just recently, but in life in general, concerning people. And uh, one of those has to do with their life structure. And 
if you have people who have certain elements of security in their life structure, they tend not to be crazy. And when I say crazy, I'm talking about increasingly there being this on-edgeness in people. They're really stressed out. They're overly stressed out all the time. And if you have folks, enough folks, and they're always very, very stressed out all the time, um, something's got to give. People can only deal with so much stress. And the stress is... A, what a huge component of that is, is what I'm just going to say are there are way too many rabbits and not enough holes. And that's the situation that we collectively are in. Because, say for instance, and I actually... At more than one time in my life, I actually lived this way. I lived on a farm. Not a huge farm, but a farm. And in both cases, they were what you would pretty much call self-sufficient. They weren't rich by any means, but self-sufficient. And, um, you know, long as you were able to do your work and do your chores, and if the weather cooperated, and if the animals halfway cooperated, um, you're okay. And these people, of course, they had stress, because the only thing that really doesn't have any stress is something that's dead. I don't think anything that's dead is really feeling stressed out. But there's different forms of stress. But certainly the mass of people that live in this world, they don't live that life. They don't live on a farm. They live in cities. That's where most folks live. And typically, usually, when you live in that environment, well, of course, that you have a job or you have a career and then all the things that come with that that you need for living but there's always an undercurrent of fear and apprehension. And I would say, especially, this has taken off in the last 15 or 20 years. Because as people leave their 
you know, homes for the daily commute to work and they drive and let's say you go past certain areas or on ramps or off ramps or wherever it may be in your community. But if you look around and you see all those people living in the tents, the homeless folks, you understand, or at least you should understand, that um, other than for the grace of good fortune and your own well, mental stability and you know the support of, say, family and friends, that if those support systems, if things were one by one taken out of your life, I mean, most folks know Tomorrow it could be them. And perhaps not literally the next day, but it certainly could end up being them. And there are quite a large number of those folks living on the streets. And sometimes you see it in the signs that they have. They'll carry a sign, it might say something like, once I was just like you, meaning, yeah, I had uh, I had a home, maybe I had a family, had a car. That's what's meant by that, at least in my opinion. Now, of course, with in some cases, some tragedies, certain things were brought on themselves losing everything the the story's been told many many times about losing everything because again of drugs or alcohol but again that's a coping mechanism so what the hell has got everything's everyone so stressed out and i believe what it is is the scarcity of any security. This is not, fortunately, I'm old enough to remember a different world. This is not the world um, I grew up in. And I'm not going to tell you that I grew up in some idyllic, situation because I sure as hell didn't but not like this because people again those who live in the cities and that's most of us you have all of these subsystems to deal with and the thing is a lot of those systems can go haywire by no fault of your own. Certain things can just simply go to hell in a handbasket. And getting, for instance, if you're already one of those many people out there working more than one job, well, even the loss of one job, I mean, just to keep your head above water, 
you're already doing everything that you can to survive. So the loss of one of those jobs can be devastating. But that's what I mean. It is always feeling as though that, you know, at any moment, the chair can be pulled out underneath your ass at any moment. <clears throat> and that is not a pleasant or normal way to live. And it has an effect on people psychologically. And yes, it produces a level of constant stress and certainly anxiety. And I believe that this is what the majority of working folks are experiencing day in, day out, week in, week out, month in and month out, year after year. Because you see, it used to be, um, and if you happen to be a young person, if you're in your really early to mid-20s, I mean, this is, this is perhaps hard for you to imagine, but, you know, you certainly were buying a house by the time you were 30. If you weren't buying a house by the time you were 30, and I don't necessarily mean having to get married, not from a utilitarian point of view that you had to do this, I'm just saying single people buying a house. And I know a lot of you, you may listen to this and just just laugh <laughs> um, because we can't, you know, most folks can't economically afford, you know, to do that. And that's because... The wages have basically not moved at all, really, in real terms, in 30 years or more. And we're having to deal with a life situation where you're constantly, year, year in and year out, having to do more with less. And I think that... Matter of fact, I don't think I know. This puts people crazy. This puts people on edge all the time. And normally, um, what people do succumb to are things to cope. Drugs and alcohol. And that's what has been done in the past, you know, for ever. But this situation is entirely different because, you know, if I go back, let's say, thinking, you know, 30 years ago, some people 
could have you know had many many great opportunities they just didn't have much gumption they didn't have the wherewithal to uh try to really improve their lives um weren't necessarily thinking about family or starting a family of their own and recognizing and understanding well you know, if I'm going to eventually want to, say, get married and have a family, well, I'd better, better try and get a house. There are these things I need to get done. And there were opportunities, <clears throat> certainly, that could afford you to do that. But the population has more than doubled since that time period. So it's a resource thing. Then you connect that with the remaining resources that are being taken up in the hundreds of millions and billions of dollars in wasted money and a whole lot of stealing and so it doesn't paint a very good picture for just the average schmuck out there just being average and you know what there's nothing wrong with average except today today you're expected to be so many more things than just average and the fact of the matter is how this is such an entirely unrealistic expectation which in turn once again stresses people out because on some level <clears throat> they know this they know that they're at just average but they don't have the necessary skills to earn the necessary money to put them where they need to be. So they figure out, usually by their mid-30s, that um, unless there is some miracle that takes place in their life, I don't know, hitting lottery or the remotest possibility of maybe meeting somebody else who's rich. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you if you're not born into it, or at least you have some sort of connections to that, um, you're screwed. And that's it. That is that's the number one um, stressor is just knowing that, is being aware of that. And I think, actually, I know, nobody likes to look at their life and, you know, to be working their, their daily routine and knowing that they're not significantly going to be able to improve their life at all. Folks don't like that. 
you know, the, the cavalry is not coming over the mountain to save them. All that they can do is work. And in a lot of cases, that means, <clears throat> it means working a lot. Working a whole lot more than they used to. And working a whole lot longer in their lives. When you stop to think about it, I know it seems the idea, it just seems so quaint that I actually remember this. Remember uh, guys that, um, you know, they could retire from, say, they worked for the railroad. And they put in, I don't know, 25, 30 years, whatever it may have been. And they had a retirement party for them. And they got benefits from the company. They have a pension. And then they have their retirement. And they had a, a nice social get-together and actually gave them a gold watch. This was not for the rich. This is for people that had put their, all those life moments working. They may have been working in a steel mill. You know, this was when we were, well, of course, when we had a much stronger union base um, in our society. So there's an expectation that people had that, you know, by this age, I'll do this. And by that age, I'll have that. And that's the way it went, pretty much. I mean, like I said, now, this is not 100%. And there are, as there were then and now, you know, there are just some people that are fuck-ups, that uh, lack any real drive or gumption. And they may have had many opportunities then, but didn't, didn't follow through. So for those folks, well, that's what happened, but you could you could argue that it wasn't bad things circumstances you know their one or more of their parents you know were abusive or beat their ass when they were a kid and that then now i have to spend you know 20 years on a couch for a psychological criminal who's going to uh tell me everything is wrong because of my childhood you know, that's why it's still true that even today, still, you take people who have had a very, very hard life. And if they can somehow, <clears throat> any way they can, I mean, shit, practically swim if they have to across the ocean. I don't know. But oftentimes, and this was certainly the case then. They're so, they're so happy, they're so relieved of getting out of absolute poverty that they made a business, did something, started a restaurant, anything. Started driving a taxi 
And maybe, I don't know, two, three years later, they own a taxi business. But it's different when even that has been played out for various reasons. And in this current dystopia that we are existing in, the powers that be, the corporate structure, they don't want that. They actively discourage it. They encourage the alcohol. Oh, by all means, party, have a good time. Do anything to keep you occupied from improving your, you know, status in life. Because that's the whole name of the game is to do that so that you don't threaten them. But even that has played out to the point that the opportunities that once were simply are not there. And even if it's if it's even if it's on an intuitive level, people just know this. And that's a hard pill to swallow. It's a hard pill to swallow for you know people to just have to admit to themselves, I am so screwed. That you have to be very, very above average. You know, in either physical skills or mental skills, just to make, you know, a decent living. And so, there are a number of things that can be done to change this. And you have to ask yourself the question which is the harder pill to swallow? So, one of them that I've stated before, is we really need to curtail the population. That's one thing. The other thing is we need um, a massive, uh, let's say, redistribution of the wealth. However, that is brought about. Because... If you're only, if you're a human being and your only, your only sense of self-worth is just to acquire more and more and more wealth, well, that hurts everyone else. That's, you know, that's a textbook narcissist. Problem is, when you have enough of these narcissists and sociopaths and they run everything well you know it doesn't take an Einstein to figure out where things in society are gonna go and that's where they've went right down into the ground for everyone else now, the first step is admitting this and understanding what you're up against. Because the very first step 
is knowing why you're in the position that you're in. And that's why you're in the situation that you're in. I have known and I do know plenty of people, lots of people, and they work really hard. And they've been doing that for a number of years. They don't get anywhere. And that's because it's set up to be just that way. They're not getting anywhere because the system is set up to keep them from getting anywhere. But there are ways, there are still ways around this. But like I said, the very first part is understanding that fact. So, if you've been suffering the slings and arrows of this outrageous fortune, it's not necessarily because you're a bad person, certainly not because you're a lazy person. It's just that you're, um, let's say you're, you've walked into a casino and let's just say the house odds are ooh, pretty steeply in favor of the house. <laughs> well, what did you think about that? I'd really like to hear what you have to say. So go on over to my website, theearnestmanshow.com, and put down your two cents worth. And while you're there, please feel free to listen to any and all the episodes you like. Plus, check out the other interesting things on my website. Until next time, this is Ernest saying take care. I'm out of here. <laughs>